Gotten past that cold snap uh, easily now, and uh, now another warm spell coming. Environment Canada's Brad Verolik telling us the entire province is, uh, in fact, heading into uh, a big defrost. And it's going to be good for snowballs this uh, weekend weather. And we'll probably see temperatures warmest in southwest Saskatchewan, down in the leader swift current regions. And they could see temperatures up into the mid to upper single digits. Yeah, that snow is going to start to melt a little, and uh, certainly... We are going to have some mucky streets. We already have the last few days. Kicking that brown snow out the wheel wells of your vehicle constantly. That usually happens in mid to late March. April for sure. Early April. It's kind of weird that uh, we're always having to kick those out here at this point. Uh, Our RSP deadline is coming up the end of next month. Future planning. That's what it's all about for a gentleman by the name of Tyler Pacoyaway, who is set to teach a financial literacy and Bitcoin economics course in Regina High Schools. Because I know so little about Bitcoin, I thought this would be great not only for me to learn, but also perhaps you and uh, to hear about this new course as well. Hi, Tyler. Glad to be here, Greg. Thanks for having me. Tell everyone where you work and what you offer. So I work at uh, Campus Regina Public, which is a public high school here in Regina, and we offer a little bit different programming. We don't have our own students. They come from all the other public high schools and kind of take advanced uh, trades, technology, uh, academic courses, and so they all have access to our programming in the first and second semesters. Here you are offering something new. Uh, take me through this. A financial literacy Bitcoin economics course. Yeah, financial literacy is lacking in the public in general, and so giving a bit of background on what is money and how it works, and then putting in the Bitcoin spin onto it in terms of what Bitcoin is, and why it functions as money and, and does it better in some people's opinions. Why has Bitcoin been so difficult for many to understand or even get behind? I think it's technical, right? So just like the internet was when the internet first came out, not a lot of people understood it. There was a lot of protocol, a lot of programming language. Bitcoin is a protocol, it's a computer language. And so in that sense, if you don't have that history, that background, it's not very um, easy to pick up in terms of secondhand uh, knowledge that we already have. And so that can be kind of a stumbling block. But if we understand the big principles on how money works and why Bitcoin works similar to money, it's quite uh, liberating and uh, empowering. Can you give me an example of that? Tyler, how Bitcoin works like money? It's a value transfer protocol, right? So it's information on a protocol that's decentralized. There's no third party controlling it. And so you can send value to anyone around the world at any time without anyone saying you can't, right? And so that's powerful in terms of economy, global trade, and then even self-sovereign people, you know, reaping the fruits of their labor uh, without a money that's being deflated away, inflated away. Talking to Tyler Pakoyawe, who is teaching a class on Bitcoin economics. It's easy to understand going to my ATM, going to the store to pay. If I handed Bitcoin over at the grocery store, would they know what to do with it? If they're set up to receive it, it's, I mean, we're already using digital money in the form of debit cards, credit cards, PayPal, things like that. In that sense, it's not too far off, and it would work pretty much the same way. And then that's how people understand their money, I think. Tyler, you likened it to uh, how the internet evolved. I'm not entirely sure how long that took. But I do know that it's taken a lot longer for Bitcoin to evolve. When do you think that idea of me going to Safeway or co-op and saying, here, I'm paying with Bitcoin, 
it's becoming common. Well, in Western Canada, we're farther away. It's already being used. El Salvador is using it as legal tender already. Uh, we find that in countries where the inflation rate is way higher, like 50%, 100% inflation, you can't store your money, uh, your value in the money of the current currency. And so people are looking for alternatives, and Bitcoin has been a game changer for a lot of developing countries, war-torn countries, where they can actually store value, take it with them, and not have it uh, left behind or, or in the hands of corrupt governments. In Western society, we're a little bit protected from it because we're a little bit more advanced, and we all have access to banking accounts, checking accounts. A lot of the population in the world is unbanked, which means they don't have access to the same things that we do, or or credit, or things like that. So... It's being adopted in other places, just not with the Western world. Great, uh, interesting points there, too. Any courses or education opportunities, if anyone's listening that wants to uh, investigate a little further? Definitely, and education is the key. The QuickBit Crypto Shop on Victoria Avenue there. So if anybody's interested, they could go to the QuickBit Crypto website uh, for more details. Tyler Pacoyaway. It must get a little frustrating. Here you are trying to educate high school students, and it's it's hard enough to educate me. <laughs> Well, we all start where we start, and we just got to meet you where you're at. It, it takes some time, so it's definitely a lot to absorb. It's taken me hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of podcasts, watching YouTube videos, and reading books to finally, eventually, it, it clicks. We just got to put some time into it. Tyler, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and uh, appreciate the interest. Don't be sad, buddy. I'm coming back. It's okay, Kevin Martell. They're there now. Yeah, you're sad. taking off. You're flying away. Yeah, a little uh, you know, warmer getaway coming up here uh, next week for the fam. And uh, quite honestly, in years past, I would love to be rubbing it in. You know, oh, it's visibly cold. I'm going to miss this. Oh, yeah. But now I'm quite happy that this warm spell has happened. I don't care yeah. how warm or cold it is here because... The chaos that cold weather creates when you travel these days, and even on warm days, because even this summer, I you had to work an extra day when I was trying to get back from yeah. Vancouver because suddenly they cancel flights. It's just chaotic. Isn't it weird that when you go on holidays now, Kevin, you actually you take your holidays for when you're away. Oh, but if you're flying, you've got to pad that with an extra day or two now, just in case. And we've I've certainly done this now more when, you know, maybe about 10 years ago, I would come back the day before work. Like I come back on yeah. Sunday, I'd be back at work on Monday. Now, though, I usually build in that extra, as you call it, pad day to, I mean, decompress from the holiday. Yeah. Uh, but also now, just in case something goes wrong and you get back a little bit later than you expected. It's funny you mentioned that, too, because you and I both love Vegas. Whenever I went to Vegas, I would never come back to work. If I arrived on a Sunday night <laughs> on the Monday, you need a pad day just to recover. Oh, yeah, yeah but for sure. not Not for a, a, a flight. But anyhow, uh, you're going to be sitting in my chair all next week. Yes. And uh, I, I hope you do well. I hope you do well. Well, I don't have to worry about uh, a big weather guarantee jackpot because we um, all blew it. Day after day, we've been saying plus one in sunshine, and there was no sun. There wasn't any sun yesterday. 
Not a, not a lot. Yeah. The day before, there was nothing. So that's why we didn't get to these plus one temperatures. Are you concerned that because we've said plus one the last couple of days in a row and again today that this weekend forecast you're bragging about may not come to fruition? I guess we'll see. I mean, it, way off yesterday, like minus seven it got to You don't eight have to rub degrees? it in, Kevin. Eight. I think that's the, the biggest blow of it, all time. It was minus seven, <laughs> not minus eight. Uh, eight degrees difference, oh, though. Yeah. Okay. All there right, you go. Then. Catch yeah. up. Well, let's Greg. see how you do next week big boy <laughs> in the chair guaranteeing weather okay well kevin let's uh let's move on here with the smiled weather there seems to be a lot of excitement over frost and the yeah the uh there's four different hubs right yeah there is and you know you talk about this really nice weather um and what we, i mean some of the big areas that you would imagine, like uh, Real District, for example, International Trade Center, that's going to be, you know, probably the focal point. Uh, but you'll see, you know, the Warehouse District, uh, the the Yards, right? That's kind of right next to Rebellion, uh, the big empty Yeah, they got a big ice, but, uh, ice bar. Yeah, built. they do. And, you know, we saw it with Agribition where when it's nice, people come out. It's not like it's, you know, rocket science. It's, 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 if the weather is nice, it brings people out this weekend uh, and into next week. You think based on that, number should be real good. Yeah, it certainly will be. Okay, and uh, really quick, what happened uh, to the former Mountie in the uh, Prince Albert courtroom yesterday? Yeah, so this is a big one. Uh, Bernie Herman was found guilty, not of first-degree murder as he was initially charged, but to the lesser manslaughter. And so now we await sentencing. That will happen in a few months, actually, not right away, but in late April and as you can imagine, some of his friends and family of the victim in this case, Braden Herman, uh, were not very happy with that. No, I uh, think not. Okay, coming up here. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin Martell from the 980 CJME Newsroom. Right after the 7 o'clock news, I'll be going to Melfort, where our senior reporter, Lisa Schick, has been covering the James Smith stabbing inquest. And it's set to wrap up uh, a second week here today. We'll get the very latest. And uh, how, how much longer will this go on? We'll find out from Lisa after the news. Weather is getting better just in time for the weekend, and the Frost Winter Festival has a lot of people asking, uh, where do I go? Where do I get in at all the fun? Well, there are four different hubs. We have the Real District, where the Glow Exhibit is probably one of the more popular events, so take your uh, take as many Instagram photos as you can. Everyone just goes nuts for that, and it is a new Glow Exhibit compared to the last time Frost was here. Uh, they got a marketplace, food play zone there. Take a look at the hub over Wascana Park. The rink is on the lake now and on Dudney, on the strip there. There's entertainment, an ice bar set up, fire pits. Uh, they've got croca curl and cornhole and downtown. Lots of family activities, too. So you'll find it all at frostregina.com uh, for all the details of what's going on. Uh, for the next week here. With uh, only a few days left to go, the James Smith stabbing inquest is set to wrap up, uh, of course, week two today in Melfort. And that is where our senior reporter, Lisa Schick, has been and joins me now for a look at the week that was. Good morning, Lisa. Hey, good morning. Let's let's start with a bit of a, a review even of just maybe yesterday. There was talk about autopsies, but you also heard more about Miles Sanderson. What can you tell us? Yeah, we heard from, uh, I guess, even more uh, psychologists and psychiatrists that kind of had one or two dealings with Miles. Uh, the psychiatrist, 
he had uh, one appointment with Miles, and he talked a little bit about, um, y- you know, a little bit of the medication that Miles had. But he, what we gained from him a little bit more is a, a bit of a look into uh, how mental health care, uh, psychiatric care in the system kind of works. And he described a system that's not looking too great. He talked about, you know, confusion around charting. He talked about there really not being enough resources in the system, not enough people, not enough workers to be able to give the offenders the kind of help that would actually benefit them, that would actually help them work on their issues in a significant way. Now, the, uh, pardon me, the psychologist, he talked more about the risk assessment that he did for Miles. This is something that will be done often uh, when somebody comes into the system, when they have some uh, criteria that they meet or when they're trying to get parole. And he did the assessment. He also had some conversation with Miles, and he said Miles, you know, was regretful of what he had done. He said he didn't like, you know, that he had hurt people that he was supposed to love, and he assessed him as kind of a medium risk to reoffend. Even though some of the assessment tools said he was at a medium to high risk, and he said that was kind of just because of the, I guess the the professional opinion that he had outside of those tools. Well, you definitely heard some flaws in even just that that part of the system. And it seemed like a lot of the stories we heard this week were frustrating ones for some. Uh, it, it was almost like a theme this week, wasn't it, Lisa? Yeah, you know, we're, we're a week in. People have gotten kind of a better idea of what's been happening, uh, what is going to come out of this inquest. And certainly for some of the people who are on James Smith, they're frustrated that, that they're not hearing what they think that they should be hearing. We heard from some people who um, were part of the response to the stabbings, and they're on the James Smith First Nation, the James Smith Cree Nation, pardon me. And they're part of, they were part of a crisis response team, and they say, nobody's talking about what we did. Hmm. Um, we're mostly hearing from, you know, our CMP, the, the official kind of government people who responded. So, our CMP, we heard from the SHA, we have heard a lot from corrections. So they're telling us what happened, what they did. But there really aren't very many uh, witnesses from the First Nation talking about what they did, how things work on their First Nation. And uh, the treaty commissioner, she spoke and she said, you know, that this inquest is what it's supposed to be. It's doing what it's supposed to do, but that isn't something that's necessarily built for Indigenous people. So she's saying, you know, there, there could be another process that could happen that would be better for them, but she says that would be up to the people of James Smith. Sounds like a valid point. So where does that leave us next week? Is this going to be uh, the whole week or a matter of days now, or what are you thinking? You know, the, the schedule has things likely going until Wednesday, you know, likely having witnesses speaking until Wednesday. We are expecting to hear more from corrections. We're expecting to hear... Uh, from a couple of elders who actually worked with Miles within the prison system. Um, and then, you know, the jury is charged with uh, doing their thing. They'll go away. They'll come back with recommendations. That could happen Wednesday. It's probably more likely to happen on Thursday. All right. We'll be checking in with you again, of course. Uh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you. It's kind of funny, the Oilers, they win again last night. 
As many expected, uh, the Hawks are decimated by injuries, so it's now 15 games in a row. They're too shy of tying the record against the Penguins. Yet after that win last night, Coach says, you got to step it up a notch. We're just playing good enough to win right now. I think we got a lot more on our group, but um, as a coach, we're just, as a coaching staff, we're always pushing our guys, trying to get better at something each day. And um, right now, I think we've been good enough each night to win games, and that's that's about it. As a player, Evan Bray joining me now. <laughs> you look over to the coach. What are you talking about? Man? That's, that's kind of what I was wondering too. But I get what he's doing. He's he doesn't want them to become complacent. But man, they are firing. They next, are. next up is Nashville. This is the game that kind of concerns me tomorrow. The Preds are still in playoff uh, contention, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, they've been playing some good hockey. So uh, I don't know. And then of course Vegas would be. The next one, the 17th game, and they're the defending cup champions. Yeah. They've been a little uh, shaky. Uh, I'm cheering for the Oilers to do it. I want to see 18. I want to see 18. You're cheering for the Oilers. I'm cheering the for the Islanders Oilers. fan that well, you are. Come on, Greg. You know I'm an, I like the Oilers, too. Okay. All yeah. right. Oh, yeah. You're going to the game. You bought the jersey. That's right. You're a part-time <laughs> fan of the Islanders. Uh, speaking of the Islanders, Patrick Waugh returned Big for the standing first old. time. Yeah. And uh, well, if you Google that, by the way, it's impressive to see the crowd go nuts. But what is being overshadowed is how awful that woman was singing the national anthem. <laughs> I didn't hear her. So out of tune. Is I was that just right? like, what? What's happening here? But uh, uh, anyhow, yeah, Patrick Wall looked uh, like he was pretty uh, pretty touched by that. Yeah, he, uh, he was. And, you know, he's a guy that's not afraid to show emotion when he's fired up, when he's angry. I expect we're going to see the odd water bottle going flying onto the ice with him as a coach. Well, it, it's funny to see him because he's just so happy to be back behind the bench. And if you yeah. watched last night, they were down and then they came from behind and they tied up the game. And Montreal only won with like two and a half minutes left on the clock. But every goal, he fist pumps the air. He jumps <laughs> and fist pumps yeah. his assistant coaches. Yeah. You know, he's not a calm coach. No, no, behind he's, there. he's, he's not. He's, he's kind of entertaining to watch there, too. So this weekend, the warmer weather is here. And I know you're a cigar kind of guy. <laughs> and uh, here, here's, here's a true story. You're already setting the stage. Here's a true story. I have never, ever smoked in my life. And uh, uh, occasionally with Evan, I sit in his backyard. Let's see, give me one of those. Then I'm going to try. Well, I almost passed out uh, the last time we did this. It wasn't after a, a few. You were a bit of a power puffer for a while. Well, there. I'm trying to keep it lit. That's the problem with cigars. Is the whole goal is not to really intake anything. No, it's to keep it burning yes, for hours. Enjoy the aroma. That's right. <laughs> well, who got you into cigar smoking? A buddy of mine from uh, Vancouver that I used to uh, do some work with on a national board. I sat on and. Uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy do you on import, a nice export. Day. What do you do? Import. <laughs> I'm not Kramer. <laughs> I don't have a deal with the Cuban government, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a few places locally. There's a good shop in town. Jade's is a great place to yeah. to uh, buy some cigars. So yeah, I mean, especially summer. You what, know, what, what winter. Is it? It's a, the bonding experience. You. It always is. Tell it's me. all about having an hour to sit with someone you care about and just have <laughs> a good you, conversation. <laughs> you, Greg, are that person. Well, and and you've never smoked your most of your never, life. Never. You only started this. Well, it's, I don't smoke cigarettes. And cigars, you don't inhale. At least I sure don't inhale, yeah. right? It's, it's me, about it's, holding the cigar. It's the social thing. And socially, yeah. okay. But normally, nice. I think where you're going with this, normally it's summer. But because the weekend's so nice this weekend, maybe, maybe. Well, it's a backyard cigar. Exactly. And will you uh, uh, go to Frost at all? Are you going to let the people touch you this weekend? Mix (laughs) mix and mingle with the public? Hey, I think back to Waskimo days. Remember Waskimo? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. On, so on much the fun. Yeah. yeah. So I used to like doing that. So, I mean, we'll probably walk around the festival at some point. Yeah. For sure. I, I was talking earlier in the week about how in uh, Toronto they have uh, uh, banned some tobogganing hills. Yeah. And uh, that's just because there's obstructions in some of the hills and they're concerned for the kids' safety, I yeah. would think, which I think is on the parents. Uh, you don't need City Hall to be telling you what toboggan hills you can and can't use. You've got you? a, I know you've shared your tobogganing I story. I shattered my femur at the bottom of a hill I in know. Craven, so it was I not know good. The, the dangers, and I've taught my kids well. So it comes, it comes down to parenting. But I know uh, you don't have this guest on uh, this week, but coming next week you were telling me someone in response to that. Yeah, they a doctor or? has written an article on the benefit of risky play for children. And, like, she, it's quite funny. She actually says, you know, let them pick up an axe. <laughs> she, she, you know, like did not, she really she did. That? Yes, I'm telling you, it's in the article. So it's quite interesting because it, the, the premise is we're overprotecting our children and we're not allowing them to build some resiliency and life skills. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to the doctor next week, but we're also gonna open it up because I'll tell you, I have a childhood of risky play behavior stories I could talk about on the guests that recommend children with axes on the Evan Brake show. <laughs> not on my show. It's all. <laughs> parenting without an axe when you listen to me. You will be shocked when you hear the interview, Greg. Ray, I'm gone all next week. I'll miss that. That's why I uh, just needed to check to check see where, out you're, the podcast, where you're Greg. Check out the podcast. <laughs> I think I'll find better things on my holiday to do than listen to your podcast. 728. <laughs>